Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 83 of Lay Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Chris Jarvis, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are technical guru and unexpected um, real-life Cam and Mike, Grom Walcott. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, I know. It's just ironic. It's one of these things where, yeah, people can hear me when I don't want them to, and then they can't hear me when I do want them to. But hello, everybody! I, th- I thought you were starting like a live radio version of the Truman Show, where people can just, <laughs> like, follow your life 24-7. Yeah, it wouldn't be so bad if I didn't, you know, if I had everyone else being able to be heard so they could hear there was a conversation, but really all it is is just me talking to myself. Grant, the chat's actually saying that all they can hear is you now. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's not true. I'm on it. I'm on, I'm on the case. They couldn't hear me saying the, uh, that that was not true because I'd, I'd, I'd muted myself there. But hey, it's not true. It's not true. I know it's not true. I can see what's going out. I can see it with my own eyes. <laughs> also joining us, uh, and on the basis of uh, how much that comment just freaked me out, um, the man of inappropriate sarcasm at the wrong moments, Ben Moss Woodward. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the man who tonight is dividing his attention between talking to us and painting tiny, tiny, tiny spaceships, it's Colin. Hello, everybody. And uh, it's not tiny tonight, I must admit. <laughs> well, are we still talking about the spaceships? Yes, of indeed. Of course we are. What else would I be talking about? Have you been responding to those unsolicited emails from the internet? Well, after, after last week being compared to Rolf Harris... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and now you're saying I'm picking up Russian braids. Carry on. <laughs> Although that wasn't the thing I was, ref- I was the thing that I was thinking of. But anyway, uh, well, um, we have a bunch to talk about this evening. Um, we have some exciting stuff. We have some, I don't know, <laughs> other stuff. I don't know. I don't know if it's exciting or not. Um, but first of all, Grant, what have you been up to? Well, well, what have I been up to? I've been up to, I don't actually know, this week's been a complete and utter uh, blur. I got very little done last week of the things that I intended to get done. It's just one of those weeks where you just can't get anything started. Obviously, I enjoyed the rugby at the weekend and then didn't enjoy the rugby so much come Sunday evening, but it was a sort of great spectacle. Um, I've been rebuilding kit and getting things organised sound-wise and speakers and stuff for Fantasticons. So I'm about ready there, but it's been the focus. That and, of course, Hutton Orbital. We kicked off another challenge to people out there. This one more tailored towards the uh, explorers. And (laughs) the acronym for this particular one is GIMP. And it involves you picking up a load of mugs from Hutton Orbital and flying them out to the headquarters of the various factions and some other stations with funny names and then off to a beautiful nebula where you have to throw a mug in and give us evidence and then off finally to Saj to chuck it into the black hole. And that is the mission. And there are various prizes, including a patch for everybody who takes part and sends in the evidence to show that they've completed the route. And that kicked off last night and I happen to know that somebody is very close to completing this but something we'd expect would take them the best part of a week it's around about <laughs> 14 to 16 hours worth of play um, yeah. but there's a number of commanders that I know who are possibly no longer awake who have been solidly hammering their way through this one of them had two hours yeah. sleep he wasn't able to speak properly but you know they, people really really want to win themselves a hut and mug so that kicked off last night so that was good fun 
So the only thing, so Sajay is quite a long way, isn't it? Yes. I mean, it's probably closer than Sothis, but... Yeah. It, it feels a lot closer than Sothis, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the, la- the last time I, I have actually been in and played uh, Elite since coming back from ho- holiday, and all I have managed to do is fly back from Sothis and leave my ship in a position where I can now fly to Hutton to pick up my pay for the last community goal I took part in. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you, I'm kind of oh. ruing... I'm ruining the day I listen to you, Grant. It's, you you uh, missed... You missed a fantastic community goal on the weekend there, which was for the Emperor, Empress, sorry, Emperor, no, she, you know, mm. none of that sexist nonsense, um, and was to deliver slaves or imperial slaves to Akinar. And I think we started it on the Sunday looking at it going, oh my goodness, it's about to top out, it's about to finish six days early and uh, <laughs> hit the top margin, better get involved quickly and made a nice cool 25 million credits and 3,000 tonnes 3,000 credits profit on each tonne of Imperial Slaves that I took to Akinar it was a money making weekend, it was awesome uh, you see I have this I have this problem though with, with, with certain community goals that because I try and role play my in-game experience as Commander Thane I sort of think, I don't think Commander Thane would get involved in, in shipping slaves to Akinar. He would quite easily be convinced by someone into flying all the way to Sothis or Hutton. He would believe that he did it, but I can't see him uh, flying into the heart of the Empire to deliver slaves. That's a, th- that's a point. Did you need a permit to get into to Akinar this time? Or no, is the permit gone? No, it was temporarily uh, suspended for the duration of these festivities, and a lot of the resulting uh, rewards are getting ships without needing the rank so and discounts and things, so it was an extremely profitable day. I didn't actually, you know, I'm not really bothered. Excuse me about the ships at all. So um, it was just a case of it was a nice quick way of getting onto the. I think the bottom rung was something like three million credits. So all you had to deliver was you know a couple of tons of slaves and and you were you know in the in money, big money. And the more we did it, the more we moved up the ranks. The more we thought, well, how many can we you know how many more runs can we squeeze in before it finishes? And unfortunately, <laughs> I know that Alien was doing it with us. And um, got into the top ten percent, so was to get twenty five million credits. Nice. And Can when it finished, it, there's a sort of gap between finishing. Well, you hit the target, and there's a, a slight get delay before it then closes the goal. And the time between it being completed and Alien arrived at the station with our last load was enough for someone to knock her out of the top 10% and back down. <laughs> Harsh. So yeah, well, the thing is that I've been trying to get to Akinar. I've been grinding through all the all the uh, the new missions restrictors they have for going up ranks in the Empire. And lo and behold, because I had one week off, I missed my chance. Bum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a beautiful station. Oh, just rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> I think it's probably one of the most unique in the games. I don't think there's any other station that looks like it. And, of course, the free anacondas make it really nice to visit. Yeah, let's yeah. The, the free anacondas that were available at Hutton. Yes, I'm quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've not noticed, though, some of the... Because the, the, I do sort of notice the variation in the, um, the space stations, but I, I hadn't noticed quite how extensive it was. And I remember I was going to somewhere in Seoul. It was my first trip to Seoul, and I landed on missions. I was like, it's very shiny and clean and white here. I don't remember, I don't remember the docking bay ever looking like this anywhere else. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, the, in very rich stations, um, you know, these are the ones that have got the palm trees and they're like walking to the floor. I think it's all nice and white and shiny. There's so one in... and leave too much. We don't yeah. have nice stations. It's all a bit run down, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's all mucky, grimy and industrial. A lot, of, bl- this, a lot of the little subtlenesses uh, as lost in people, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway, I blame Ben. I'm destroyed for that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ben, what have you been up to? Uh, I've mainly been actually doing family things, but okay. apart from family stuff, I've also been doing some smuggling and following the recent news about OS X and Horizons, I spent way too long trying to get boot camp set up on my brother-in-law's uh, MacBook Pro. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, we, might have to, we might have to come on to this. So uh, Horizons requires a version of OpenGL, which currently Apple do not support. Is that right? Because it's about three years old. It's a version of OpenGL that... Apple's version of OpenGL is basically about three years old, and they haven't updated it. Um, uh, Apple are doing their own API called Metal, which is mainly, it started out life, from what I understand, aimed towards mobile devices more than desktops. Yeah. Um, but basically, me, basically Apple, um, how do I say this in a nice way? You don't. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to interrupt. Yeah. God, I really hate Apple, and I really, you no, know. I, I, I don't not, hate Apple. I, I like Apple. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm playing on a Mac at the moment. I, I just have a dreadful... Every time I have to use something which is sort of Apple-related, I have a dreadful experience. And I'm going to talk a little bit later about um, projects I've got going on. But this this last sort of couple of weeks or so, I've been having to try and um, edit a video together. And I've got my hands on a bit, little bit of video editing software, and it is clear to me, because of how horrible it is to use and how it is dependent on QuickTime drivers and how it doesn't understand any video files that Windows has no problem playing back at all, that it is clearly a piece of software designed for a Mac. Uh, and, yeah, so, sorry, you, you, that's got my goat. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Carry on, Ben. Um, <laughs> it's OK. I can't remember where I was going anyway. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I like Apple things. I've, I'm running this on a Mac myself, but... Apple have made some decisions in the past few years which I'm not so friend for, so okay with, um, and nope. their lack of bothering to update OpenGL is just an example of that, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Colin, uh, what have you been doing? Well, um, in-game, I've been mostly, as I've been saying, uh, grinding around the Empire in order to try and get my rank up so that I can visit Akinar. And, of course, the one time when uh, the family needs me at a weekend to clean everything out, uh, you know, even so much we've got to skip, but uh, <laughs> I can, I, they go and free up the Bloodman system. Typical. Apart from that... Um, I have now got my hands completely covered in red paint <laughs> because I am painting up the first of two Ferdelances for the game on uh, next week or the end of this week rather and I must admit uh, I think I'm improving <laughs> That's cool yeah. So how many, how many have you got? So this is all in preparation for uh, what? Some games at Fantasticon? Yeah, um, I've got my miniatures game all up and running. We've had a, a couple of test sessions. Uh, I've done a, a recording for a Top Shift, uh, which will be a uh, Top Shift 50, actually, will be the next one. So that's Ooh. that's actually... A, I didn't think... I thought I'd only get to about 10, but uh-huh. they, keep, they keep on going. You got anything planned? 
yes, it's going to be a demonstration of the tabletop game with uh, the little the little lad who, for once, um, it, it comes. I think I've got the balance right because he's he's. Um, it, it was a close thing for once. So yeah, but he still beat you. No, he didn't actually. <laughs> it was one hull point, about the closest you can get, but still. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so um, as apart from that, yeah, these, these models are, are slightly more complicated than the other ones. So, so far we've got four Sidewinders, three Eagles, seven Cobras, two Ferdelances, and something else. Mmm. Mmm, pause for pause for excitement mm. so, so, you, so you, are you printing models of your own unofficial um, these Taking frontier ships and including them these are um, unofficial frontier models well unofficial elite models uh, provided by somebody else Mr. Snoz no no uh, no I mean if you're saying there's another ship yes you, have, you, have you printed one which is from a previous elite game but does not yet feature in elite dangerous oh no this one features in elite dangerous okay. and, it, and it is something quite special so I'm afraid you lot will have to just wait for that. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, as for myself, uh, I've been on holiday. So uh, I had a surprising um, la- late summer. Uh, basically, the wife and I and uh, our daughter went to North Wales. Well, not so not North Wales, North Pembrokeshire. So very much South Wales, but the North bit. Uh, we were in Cardigan, and you know what? We had fantastic weather while everyone else seemed to be shivering and struggling with the rain. Um, whereas we spent four days on the beach uh, and made sandcastles and paddled and, and that sort of thing. So, um, and apparently it was so good exactly where we were. My mum commented that even Cardigan Bay was even mentioned on the national weather as having had freak weather. So uh, that worked out quite well. Well, you brought the good weather with you then. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, it's been nice today, and. Um, yeah, and so since I've been back, I've managed to play a bit of Elite. It was good fun, or even though it wasn't better. <laughs> uh, I've massively upped my um, Explorer rank, um, just because I, I, I think I, I decided rather than just flying back from Sothis, which was proving a bit soul-destroying, I decided that I would scan the systems on my way back, uh, and for about the first half of the journey. So bear in mind, for my ship, it's 60 jumps from Sothis to Sol. So for the first 30 jumps, I actually stopped in every system with unidentified bodies and flew around identifying them all. Um, and then for the last 30 jumps, I couldn't be bothered because I just thought, I'm going to do all this scanning and I'm going to be too close <laughs> to sell it. Um, but yeah, that was- And then also since then, so I've been working on the projects, uh, which I'll talk about a bit later. So uh, exciting news uh, in Elite this week. We're starting to see footage of planetary landings. Um, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna skip over this thing just just briefly. Uh, we had the how to make a real world live stream from Frontier, uh, which generated procedural uh, some views of ground level cameras flying through the um, at um, cameras sort of going from from space down to down to ground level. Um, what did you guys think of this video, Ben? Planet porn, basically. Oh, it was beyond that. It was almost walnut porn with those caverns. <laughs> it was just all that's your thing. <laughs> it was. It was yeah. when they were talking about plate tectonics and you're looking oh, at the fault sweet, lines yeah. and you, you know instantly you're you're actually thinking is this, is this elite? Are we are we watching something about elite? Because this is beyond 
anything we could have expected. Okay, after everyone had settled down pointing out that these were pictures of my head, which they're not, I am not <laughs> a potato. Um, once, once we'd got all that out of their systems, watching it and seeing that you know the planets and the way we see them in-game are going to change to be more of what they're going to be when you land on them is just, it's mind-blowing to see the yeah. detail and the concepts. I mean, it's just, this is beyond a game. Yeah. Well, what I thought was really awesome was I saw a related tweet from an actual honest-to-God astronomer, astronomer <laughs> looking at footage from the game, thinking it was taken from some hither unknown to that person, really freaking awesome... Um, camera uh, telescope of I think it was Pluto or Neptune that they thought it was, <laughs> and then they okay. saw the picture of the asp in the bottom <laughs> of it and thought, "Hang on, that ain't Pluto." <laughs> hmm. is, is, is that what this um, is that what this Dyson sphere um, sort of chat <laughs> is about? Are people actually mistaking elite footage for, uh, yes, for real space? Thought- yeah, we found a Dyson Sphere in Elite, polished it on, and everyone got all excited. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's like aliens, there's spaceships, there really is. Look, there's one landing on the moon. That's oh, a game. That's a game. <laughs> We're not allowed to land on the moon yet, anyway. No. Do you know, I've, it's funny, I've been listening to a, se- a radio series, which I absolutely love, called Earth Search. Um, if, you, if people haven't heard it, it's an audio drama that is well worth getting your hands on and listening to. And it's an old James Follett series. Uh, it's quite old-fashioned now in terms of its recording, but it's a series about this multi-generation crew that was searching for a, a second Earth. Um, and it's, it's, it's that kind of science fiction which is on quite a big scale. So they, they, you know, they talk about journeys in terms of hundreds of years rather than sort of you know, skipping about the, the place like Star Trek. Um, but one of the things that's uh, really cool about it is um, this idea of uh, that the moon, that Neil Armstrong's footprint, because there's no atmosphere on the moon and nothing ever happens to it, Neil Armstrong's footprint, unless it gets hit by a by a you know bit of space rock or something, Neil Armstrong's footprint will be there for the next million years. You know, nothing should disturb it. So actually, there's this interesting idea that if we're ever allowed to go to the moon, that actually the original Apollo landing site should be a protected heritage site. And in Earth Search, there's this museum that is built around the Apollo 11 first footprint and the lander and the buggy and everything. They're all still there. And the idea is you can go to this place and from behind glass, you can look out on this patch of ground where man first kind of set foot on the moon. So from my point of view, I'd really like to see something like that on the moon. I'd like to see some sort of museum and shrine to the Apollo 11 landing site because I think that's... I think that's genuine, and I think that's something that once we get the opportunity to send more people to the moon and build more stuff on the moon, I think that's something we're going to have to do. Sounds similar to the story they had in Judge Dredd, where they had uh, uh, people flying up to the moon, digging it up and bringing it back to Mega City One just for, uh, <laughs> just for the museum piece. And of course, being Mega City One, it got blown up. <laughs> yeah, got um, but also, hang on, uh, to the other video, because the other video was funny, because it was about a tenth of the length of this other stream, um, but was immediately more interesting, but we'll, we'll come on to that. Um, did anyone else think, though, that with this, uh, the live stream of the, the, the planet tech, I mean, it was brilliant, and uh, I'm kind of with you, Grant, I love all the kind of plate tectonic stuff, um, 
But there were these continuous moments in the video where people kept asking questions about gameplay and they kept saying, we're not here to talk about gameplay, we're just here to talk about the tech. And I couldn't help but feel that in terms of a, a sort of reveal, that this is quite sort of typical of, of Frontier, that, you know, they're all into the science and they're all into the astronomy and they're all into the, 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 the kind of tech stuff and they kind of expect everyone else to be as well. Whereas what people really want to know is kind of gameplay stuff. And I, I found myself wondering about the wisdom of having this as one of their first videos talking about it. Because actually, once they'd revealed some gameplay stuff, they could then go back and talk about all this planet tech and people would be interested. But it seemed to me odd to go in front and centre with the tech. Because actually, if you think about the criticism that Elite's received it's been that the universe is big and amazing and very realistic, but there's people say there's not much gameplay in it. So to have a video that shows off lots of space tech and be not able to talk about gameplay almost seems to be kind of playing to their detractors. What do you think, Ben? Actually, I disagree with that, actually, almost completely. I think Fair. that this is an excellent thing, not only for them to actually show off their tech to the science geeks, but it is getting the fans slavering for gameplay, and yeah, you know, as we as we saw, and as we will have announced tomorrow night in another Twitch stream, and I think I just think it makes sense. It's it's low risk because they're not showing anything that could really affect the actual gameplay because they're not showing gameplay. There's only stuff that they've got in existence, even though the videos were a bit jittery because they recorded it too high resolution um, and poor Ed's computer couldn't cope with it. But yeah. I, th I, th I think it's it's quite like what they did with the the build-up of the stuff that they did to PowerPlay in some ways that, you know, it's like, something's coming soon, something's coming soon, and they're just doing effectively the same again, but giving us a lot more meat than here is a pretty picture yeah yeah it's, it's fair it's fair it's, um, it's a beautiful way of teasing people though because you know yeah. you're looking at these things and all the time in the back of your head you're thinking i could jump that that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. land my anaconda yeah. on that peak and then see if it'll rock backward and forward like some kind of <laughs> <laughs> science fictiony seesaw but you know you can see the gameplay there that, and i think you're right i mean it, it's one of these things where they could be talking about it but i think they've got their plan of how they're going to tease us and the second the certainly the next video was a huge tease of gameplay oh, gosh, yes but those were a beautiful way of showing what is undeniably a huge achievement in in computer gaming. I think you know I can't remember what the the tweet was about the playable area that these are going to add to the game, but it was something yeah, staggering. Yeah. And anything that's more impressive than people saying four hundred billion star systems. And then you get an even bigger number for the land mass that you well, can I think, play yeah. on? I think what they compared it to is if you take the diameter of Jupiter's orbit around the sun and you use that measurement as a square area, that's the drivable surface in Elite. Well, something like 10 AU squared or something. It's ridiculous. I mean, they, I mean they, they don't actually know that. What they've done is they've, they've looked at the whole universe of the, the galaxy within the game and they've said, well, this percentage of moons 
are landable and the average size of a moon is this so they've kind of done the maths a little bit um but that does obviously i mean you know it's, it's a bit like the rest of the the universe in the game that that massive figure does include rocky planetoids that are on the very opposite side of the galactic disc um but even so i mean it, it does mean that any individual moon is going to be pretty large really for any kind of realistic gameplay sense i mean when you consider that gta 5 is is what something like eight miles across is it it's it's pretty tiny compared to anything we've got in the late yeah but it still takes if you're just driving at reasonable speeds it does take a good 10 15 minutes to drive from one side of gta 5's map to the other and that's just in a straight line or or, you know by by the by the motorway so (laughs) there is a considerable amount of space uh, for this stuff to happen. And I have to say, in the video that I was most disappointed didn't play more smoothly, because um, I, w- I was really kind of, was into it, was when they were showing that that kind of mountain range, and they were talking about how they've generated sort of realistic foothills leading up to the mountain. To me, that just looks amazing. Um, was it hmm. one of the ones that they re-released on YouTube? Yeah I, yeah, I haven't seen it since. They might have actually released it. They did re-release, like, a, a medley of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, who was actually mentally thinking there's a good canyon to fly down and practice the trench run? I know. I was thinking that I want like a really cheap ship so I can practice the uh, so I can try and recreate um, Will Smith's flight from Independence Day. <laughs> I just, I'm just so excited to see how people. I mean, the amazing things people did before they had the sort of follow camera. You know, before we had these tools in game to be able to make amazing videos and people were hugely uh, brilliant at uh, getting the most and making stunning stories without that tool. Then the tool comes around and the videos get even better and now we're going to have some of the most amazing stories that go from deep space to the surface of a rock. You know, yeah. it's just the, the excitement is the amount of new stories that people can create and uh, just the fun that you can have. I mean, it just looks like so much fun. Parking your ship in a, in a crevice, you know, and hiding it in the shadows to escape the attacks yeah. of, a, of a pirate and then having, you know, the code in wings scouring the surface of the planet, hunting for you as you sit there going, <laughs> got away from me you buggers <laughs> that's going to be and of course you'll be able to watch you'll be able to watch sunsets and things and sunrises of course from planet surfaces um, Sun- sunsets thing, course, nebula rises well yeah quite and, and not only that but if you find a little rocky moon that's roughly the right size you can actually drive nice and quickly and give yourself like a really fast sunrise so no more time lapse videos <laughs> you can just watch this thing come over the horizon fast lap videos yeah, absolutely. Oh, you can recreate the whole uh, intro scene from E.T. with a buggy. <coughs> SRV. It's been a while. Yes. Okay, am I, am I, did I just do a reference there? I might have lost 50% of the... <laughs> no, it's fine. I, you know, I did see, it, I did see E.T. Um, many years ago, but it's not, it's not a movie that I love, and I, I haven't revisited it in, in 25 years. So. Well, I'm just thinking about having that beautiful moonshot with this SRV outline silhouette oh, okay. in front of it because you've run up a mountain and your friend's recording it. <laughs> just, that kind of stuff's <laughs> going to be epic. Um, so the, moving on from this, then, so the, we, you know, we, we liked the the real world live stream, and it, it was very cool. And actually, the um, the stuff to do with generating like rifts in the landscape from plate tectonics is is very cool. Um, but moving on, David Braben then 
just sent out a, what was at the time a private link to a video on YouTube, and and as a sort of far cry from the video they were showing in this thing, which which looked like a game development environment because there were no stars, there was no lighting, and then David Braben comes along and posts a thirty second video of him actually driving around in the game in an SRV with another player kind of weaving around in front of him. Um, I don't know what anyone else thought, but I just thought, having only seen that other video, which was in gameplay terms quite dry, to then suddenly see something that looks like bouncy Mario Kart in space, that was a hell of a jump for me. It was incredible. Oh, yeah. That, that, um, that video. Um, someone actually put a country and western soundtrack on it, something like the Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed to work very well. <laughs> It was, uh, I mean, you can just see how much fun it's going to be. Even down to the sort of going back to Jeff Crammond and Stunt Car Racer, to have and those kind of yeah. Yeah, races and someone hits a, hits a mountain base or a sort of small hill and then it sends them in a sort of corkscrew into the air above the other SRV and then lands on its wheels on the other side. You're going to get just the most amazing fun and laughs with this. And I just hope that the gameplay on these planets and, uh, and the things that you can do there other than just being messing about and stuff is enough to make it really exciting to do because it's this is another game this isn't just you know this is elite plus it's just it's a crazy amount of gameplay that's now about to land on it and i just hope it's not samey samey dull repetitive and you know that kind of off-putting oh right i'm on this planet i've got to kill six of these particular cars then i can go and do the other wee ships and then i've got to take that base and then you go to the next rock and you do the exact same thing again i hope that the variance and you know the danger factors i mean because we all want to be eaten by gigantic rock worms don't we we all want to be (laughs) in that cave and go why is it why is my buggy moving this (laughs) So. Yeah, I'm wondering about um, I'm wondering about control schemes. You know, mm. having watched the David Braben video, I'm sort of thinking, you know, is this something you're going to do a joystick, or is a wheel going to be optimum, or I'm going to have to switch over to, you know, the Xbox 360 pad? Oh, I think I think you'll be able to manage on a, on the good old X52, you know, the the, the good old hot ass, uh, quite well on on those kind of things. But I mean, it was thing you'd want to. Uh, Oh, I, th- I think I'll be fine with it, but then again, you know, I'm not that fussy, I suppose. Um, one thing that I was con- wondering was whether or not these, these buggies can strafe. Well, this is, this is the question, isn't it? Because I would sort of feel that if I had a, a NASA-style control stick in an SRV, I would expect left and right on the joystick to strafe left and right, and I would use the, 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 the yaw on the, the joystick in order to turn. That would be my expectation, but that might be me being weird. No, no, yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite, uh, uh, quite with you on that one. Uh, the reason I ask is because we, um, we've just discovered that Battlezone 1 is free, and <laughs> we've, been, we've been playing that for the last week in preparation, <laughs> and uh, I did, it was just great fun being able to fly about the moon in, in those tanks, and then I suddenly realised, hang on, you can strafe in these tanks because they're hover tanks. But those other ones have got wheels, and you can't really strafe with wheels, can you? Well, it depends, doesn't it? Because, I mean, it might have um, sort of, you know, uh, like... Swivelly wheels. Yeah, what are those things on the bottom of movable tables? Um, Casters. 
You might have cast us. Uh, okay. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if NASA, NASA's going to put caster tape wheels on their, on their rover, but, no. yeah, well. Yeah, well. <laughs> we'll see, anyway. Um... Yeah, but, uh, you know, just, just generally very cool. Um, so, moving on um, to the rest of the dev update. Now, there's been some chatter about interdictions. Mm. Um, and yeah. I confess, I have missed a little bit about what the problem is with interdictions. Um, by the sound of the cursing, Grant, is this something you want to talk about? I, uh, and unfortunately anybody who was on TeamSpeak on the two nights ago will have heard me going through what can only be described as interdiction hell. Uh, <laughs> one thing is interdictions are very tricky to get out of now, and in a lot of cases there ain't no getting out of it, it just doesn't make sense. You seem to be holding the reticule right in the middle of your target, and no matter what you do, you get pulled out and you lose it, so you're better off just submitting and then trying to get out. However, I was doing some smuggling, and I had I'd just dropped off at one station, and I got fined 115,000 credits for my cargo of dodgy stuff, and as I jumped into Supercruise, I get a wee message up saying, ah, System Authority, we're approaching on the suspected smuggler now, and I'm thinking, suspected? I've been convicted! Leave me alone! And the damn thing pulled me out again, so there I go, <laughs> drop out of interdiction, the blooming sod, finds me another 115, so I've got 8,000 light seconds to go to this station to drop my next load, and then it's off to another system. 11 times I was interdicted on that journey. Including, I was just about to drop out at the station and I got interdicted, and it's just so frustrating. So, one, there are more interdictions than there are before. The You get indications that you're in trouble from pirates. They say, aha, there you are, and you can see them on the radar positioning up. That's quite nice and exciting, so mm. you've got to try and find it. But the problem people have is it's v extremely difficult, and they're not really sure how to interdict other targets like NPCs so they find it impossible to interdict people and then when they are being interdicted they find it impossible to break those interdictions mm. well, San well Sandra put a post up today explaining how it actually worked and it's all down to your ship mass so if you are flying around in a massive anaconda you're actually easier to be uh, interdicted than you are to say a, a sidewinder or a cobra it all depends on the mass of your ship and the strength of their indetectile. You see, now, that's that's what they say. But in a T6 <laughs> fully laden and I get pulled out by an eagle, it doesn't quite yes. add up. And, and no, it doesn't make sense because they shouldn't... I should be a bigger mass, so I should be able to interdict an eagle easier than an eagle should interdict me. I think what they're basically trying to get at is the smaller ships, the more manoeuvrable ships, because they can manoeuvre better, have an easier time of it. Well, yeah. you know, that, that I'm would not convinced sense. I agree with that, but... Yeah. That would be fine if, you know, there's a, a risk of when they interdict you that you come out on top of the damn things and squish them. Then I'd be all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but they're trying to rebalance it. Is that what we're... Is that what they're doing? Apparently, or are they just saying this is what's this is the way it is now. Well, apparently they say there's going to be an update soon. Uh, I think it was actually was it supposed to be tonight or at some point this week uh, that they were going to try and rebalance it. Um, nothing confirmed yet, but um, I think in Sandro's uh, post he was there saying that it's something that they will be looking at. Okay, fair enough. 
Um, moving on then. Um, does anyone know about this second batch of player groups? Ooh, a little bit. Um, essentially, this is again minor player factions coming into the game. At the current uh-huh. minute, the way that it happens is they just appear in the system that was nominated by that particular player group. I think Hutton Truckers is part of the second group, so they should be appearing. So, if you went to Hutton Orbital, you could take missions for the Hutton Truckers and increase their standing. And if you do it enough, then they might expand into other stations and other systems nearby and eventually reach the point where they could be declared a power. That's what the sort of uh, minor sort of uh, faction updates is going to be so there's a, another round of them coming and a lot of of the groups that missed the first round will be now in the new game I know that um, COD or is it TOD TOC TOC the order of what was it I can't remember what it was now Chaos Chaos Order of Chaos uh, they went in with the first group so they were affected by the smuggling issue whereby their home station was one of the stations giving out hugely inflated uh, rewards for smuggling missions and as a result millions and millions of play well let's say thousands of players flocked there to take missions and uh, make a fortune now the downside to that was they were just a new minor faction and players were just taking smuggling missions for whoever was offering the most money, meaning that inadvertently they were undermining the TOC in that section <laughs> and causing them a bit of a nightmare as they were losing you know, uh, reputation and um, power in the system, which was unfortunate. However, and this is where I'll criticise members of the TOC, I arrived at the station in my little T6 docked up, got my missions, undocked and was then unloaded upon by a viper who said nothing of any sort not a word at all, just blew me straight out of the sky and it had absolutely no effect on my game whatsoever because I respawned at the station and had all the missions (laughs) still active and I could go into the stock market and I could buy all the commodities so I just set off again and and dropped into a a sort of private group to get past him and then back into open it didn't affect me but my issue Uh, was combat logger. Yeah well no not really that's what I wasn't okay. you blew me up I was dead it's yeah. fine you got yeah. the kill you know that's that's <laughs> I, I don't mind dying I really don't but my issue was if he had messaged me and said that's what the issue was because at that point I was totally ignorant of what the problem was I could have said to them tell you what then I will take the missions from the order of chaos only and I will help Increase your, your 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 influence in the system, but they didn't give us that option. I found this out later because I was just like, "Well, fine, I'm just going to you know go into a private group in that system, take all these missions, and carry on making my fortunes." And uh, damn you all! And then I found out that that, and I thought, "Well, actually, you know what? Stuff you. I'm going to undermine your faction just as a point of principle because I'm in a bad mood." <laughs> and um, seems fair. Yeah, and and that's what I think. You know, I think if you're going to have your home system and something like this does happen, then for goodness sake, be vocal in game because we're players and we want to play. And if you tell us that it's going to cause your group an issue, unless we are locked in an eternal battle and it's, it features as my role of who I am, that I am going to undermine you and that's what I'm there for. Other than that, I can't see any player being so blindsided and unreasonable that they wouldn't feel a little bit of sympathy and would. It be able to adjust 
what they were doing to suit that situation. So I think if anyone's listening that's a member of a group and you have your own home system, just bear that in mind. Send a message to the commanders and let them know why you've got an issue with them being there and taking missions so that they can adjust and possibly you can earn yourself some more allies. Well, that'd be nice in principle, Grant, but we all know that there are plenty of trigger-happy psychos out there who will just rack you up as a kill anyway. I mean, I've been the victim of that a couple of times this week. Uh, I was actually quite close to losing my python, thank you very much, you little bastards. Uh, but <laughs> Not bitter about it at all. But, uh, yeah, uh, that that is actually forcing me into, into the private groups uh, and not... Um, it seemed after CQC was released, all the player killing seemed to drop off for a while, and now it seems to be creeping back in, in my opinion. But it's just my experience. I could be just uh, unlucky enough to be stuck in a part of a galaxy with a bunch of knobs. Well, you know, that, that, is, the, that is the definitive... Uh, def- that is the definition that is the difference between a pirate and uh, a knob. It's a very fine line, I think. <laughs> and um, I think, you know, it's duty-bound any commander in a situation should really point that out to their opponent that they are not a pirate, that they're a knob. And I'm sure that that will not escalate at all. It'll be perfect. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> no, pirates use hatch breakers. I mean, that's, that's what you should use. They're bloody easy to use as well. So, you know. Yeah, okay, right, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm getting that angry. My, my painting's going all wobbly and red. <laughs> right. But if you think of all the good work that we did in the Code versus Hutton battles and the, the great Mug Convoy was to engage pirates in a way that they could do what they like to do. And to be honest, their ships are set up for combat. And as a trader, you cannot possibly counter with a trade. There's no way that you can have a trade ship that's going to be able to counter their ability to take you out. So you're often best. I was robbed last week and it was positive. It was a really you know, funny expedition because I was on the way to Akinar and they were blockading the system and uh, Commander 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 Link was there in supercruise in his Cobra. I was in an unarmed T6 with no shields and a hold full of Imperial slaves. So I wasn't going to make much of an argument. And it came down to the <laughs> demand was made of, you know, I want 20 tonnes of your slaves. And I went, absolutely not a problem. Now, just one question. Do you want the fat, ugly ones or do you want the really sexy ones? Because I'll have to wash them down first. And, you know, it was about having that fun interaction and then I was able to carry on on my way. And that's all, that's all traders want, is the opportunity to, yeah, rob me. And if I do try and make an escape, look at it as a, a tried. Rather than having to issue the death penalty, which I feel is a bit unfair, they should be able to disable trader ships and then give them that opportunity. But I think possibly if there was a surrender mechanism for traders so that we could put our ships into a mode which is surrender and that gives a sort of duration where there can be negotiation and you can't be destroyed in that period of time um, for want of a gigantic space whale coming in and swallowing up the pirate. Something that fits in the lore, you know, something like a gigantic space whale. And I think that that would really help with piracy because at the moment we all have that same attitude as, how dare you shoot me? What the hell? I'm just I'm just playing my game here. What gives you the right to come and ruin my game? And their answer is, what gives you the right to spoil my game? And you're like going, well, how can we both be playing the same game in the same way if you want to kill me and I don't want to get killed? 
and that's always been the crutch of the PvE PvP debate. But we introduced that playing with players, and it's about you know having piracy, but having it in a way that's acceptable for all parties. So they get to rob you, and they get to shoot at people who are there to protect, and it creates fun. And to be honest. This game is meaningless without a sense of danger. When you're in open mode and you make that jump and you see the contacts on your scanner, you get a little bit of a heart race and the game would be pretty dull if that wasn't there. Are you done now? I think so. Excellent. <laughs> is, is, your, is, your, is your point still relevant, Ben? I I had to try and think, but yes, I think it is actually re- relevant because I had a couple of interactions with TOC as well. Uh, first of all, I had a lovely interaction with a pirate who was basically... I got interdicted with an MP by a couple of NPC pirates who had a couple of M- couple of vultures and you know they 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 kind of hurt me and that but didn't kill me so it did that was fine. He dropped in in the middle of that battle and actually left everybody alone until that battle was resolved, which I thought was really really nice of him. Then once that battle was resolved, he basically said, "Hi, I'm from Talk." Um, this system is under our control, what are you doing here? And I will freely admit that I was basically playing for time, saying what business is out of yours while my shield's regenerated. And yeah, I freely admit I was I was totally and utterly playing for time. And he just kept kept talking, kept talking. Um and then eventually after I didn't bother answering him for a couple of seconds after my shields were up, he then went off and opened fire on me. Um and, but that that was all fair enough, and once I got his shields down, and about, he was, went about 80%, he broke off the engagement, and I, I left him be, because um, I wasn't going to be a dick about it. Uh, but I thought that was really positive engagement with Tok. Um, then I've also been talking with, uh, I think it's Commander Stalker, who's one of, he's in TOC, on the IRC chat and just been talking with him and that's when I found out actually everything that's going on and how badly this is shafting their system up um, and as well as a whole load of bugs basically related to them being in an independent in the middle of Imperial territory and when you're doing missions for anybody it's the Imperials who are getting the credit for it Not, even if you did it for them the Imperials were still getting the credit for the mission, which is all screwed up, and Frontier know about it, and they're fixing all this up, apparently. Um, But then I had the very same situation as you did, Grant, where I was basically leaving their system, trying somewhere else, anywhere else, just to leave them be and things like that. I had this asswipe who went off and tried to open fire on my anaconda. And he promptly got blown up by the station, fair enough didn't bother me out he's kind of served him right but yeah i had exactly the same thing happen to me there as you did grant um, and i thought i was basically <laughs> <laughs> i got lost after about five minutes of listening <clears throat> to grant so after all that is me too yes <laughs> <laughs> but five minutes ago it wasn't me too <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> Um, so in terms of uh, development news, which is what we're, we're talking about, we've had, I don't know how this has happened, we've had two meet the teams. Uh, have we just been missing them and not covering them, or have there been two this week? Because we've oh. got Matthew Dickinson, 
head of technical art and rendering, and TJ Art. Nope, that's senior artist. Two. That's two from this week then, yes, because last week it was the community service manager, the service social, okay. social media manager, wasn't it? I've got to stop calling him TJ Art, because clearly his name is not TJ Art, but because he is the senior artist, it kind of makes sense to call him TJ. <laughs> In my head, his name is his job. Um, but I'm guessing... Uh, I'm guessing... That that is a first name. Chart is, I think it's it's something like that. I'm not entirely sure. But he is the very, very nice gentleman who made the Lavecon skin. Absolutely, which I am now flying around in and absolutely loving. Um, And I've got my, so I've got my twin Lavecon decals Mm -hmm. on either side of my Cobra. And I've actually, I've got my founder um, decal front and centre on the Cobra. So uh, I've got my Cobra going, you know, quite nicely the, the way I like it now, actually. I still... I'm sorry, this is a massive, uh, massive uh, diversion, but um, I'm still sort of upgrading my Cobra rather than sort of because I've earned quite a bit of money recently doing things like these community goals and things, and I'm still sort of trying to max out my Cobra rather than moving on to a new ship. I don't know if this is sensible, but somewhere along the line, I decided I'd rather have a tough as nails Cobra than like a Viper with hardly any upgrades to it. I don't know. Not, if that's wrong, not wrong with making an iron, iron asp. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, you know, these, these meet the team things uh, are really interesting. We're not, we're not going to read them out, <laughs> um, uh, but they are really good. And it's, and I think particularly with charts, ch- ch- how did you say that? I, w- I won't say something like charts, but Chart, okay. I really don't know. Chart Kruger. Yeah, um, that, 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 that sounds, that sounds realistic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the thing sorry. that the, I mean, the thing that particularly comes from him is you know you can hear you can hear from reading the interview how passionate he is about uh, elite and, and kind of all aspects of space travel um, that really comes across um, and you know Matthew Dickinson's one he's obviously talking a lot about the kind of planetary rendering stuff um, so yeah just they're well worth going and reading. Um, and we've also had another community spotlight. Mm. Dave Hughes. Oh yes, good old good old Slezen. Oh, and he'll tell me off for telling him for saying that's probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Slezen. Yeah, yeah he, he, always, he always says that I get it wrong, and I, and I now know I do it wrong on purpose just to get in. Slezen, <laughs> <laughs> oh, as I always call him. <laughs> Shut up, Edelweiss. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and great to see uh, Dave getting some uh, comments. I haven't actually, I've, I've, I've seen that it's him, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Um, is there any particular standout bits in there to anybody? Well, no, going over the RPG and, and some of the yeah. background to that is actually quite interesting. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, I mean, Dave does quite a lot of uh, streaming and he, he does video updates on the progress of it. Um, yes, and he's got a lot of other stuff on, which has caused the RPG to delay. But it's understandable. And uh, as, he, as he keeps on letting people know what the progress is, you don't get all the... All the um, angst that they've had in, on other Kickstarter projects which seems to have disappeared. I mean, we know, you know, he, he, he runs the games at things like Fantasticon at LaveCon at uh, and the occasional online one, so everyone can see that, you know, it's still there, it hasn't gone away, which is good. 
I think, yeah, I mean, I think Dave's, Dave's issue, uh, hopefully you wouldn't mind me saying this, I think, you know, he is just a massive perfectionist um, and he wants the RPG to be absolutely brilliant. So despite the fact that, you know, a number of people have played very serviceable versions of the rules and kind of said, yeah, this is fine, you know, just, just do that. Dave wants it to be absolutely right. Um, and I know that he's really, he has previously been grappling uh, with the rules for kind of ship-to-ship combat. Um because on the one hand he doesn't want it to be really kind of vague but on the other hand he doesn't want it to just be like X-Wing <laughs> you know he, he doesn't want it to just be a copy of and he, he says you know a number of times he sits down and comes up with a great system and then when he sits down and plays it he's like oh it's just the same as X-Wing so uh, he's trying to give it a kind of distinctiveness I think that's true to the game uh, and is still also satisfying as part of the kind of role playing experience but uh one interesting thing to note in there uh, that, that Dave has kind of shouted out, um, he is still taking donations for uh, Marie Curie um, at Fantasticon this weekend. He will be shaving off his beard and head. Basically, he's having his, his um, whole skull defoliated. Um, and he is taking donations for that. Uh, he's being sponsored on justgiving.com forward slash sellerzen, which is S-E-L-E-Z-E-N. Um, so if you'd like to support Dave in his charity efforts um, and support him um, being well and truly waxed, uh, go and check that out. I'm running a counter charity uh, to glue his hair back on. <laughs> Is that for Movember? You just shave it all off, and then for Movember, you're just going to glue bits. They are going to glue it to various parts of his body uh, as, as, the, as the Fantasticon event goes on. So, <laughs> oh, I'm just grimmed myself out. <laughs> yeah, but you'll stick the hair back where there shouldn't be any hair in the first place. That's the point. All over his, all over, glued all over my palms. That's going to take a lot of explaining. <laughs> I just should say he's having his, his whole head removed of hair. Probably not eyebrows. I'm I'm guessing not eyebrows. Unless the person with the um razor's feeling particularly vindictive. I don't know, maybe we could sponsor the eyebrows too. Yeah, I was about to suggest that. It'd be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> what do you reckon it's gonna be worth for an eyebrow? Hey, fifty fifty quid. <laughs> In fact, you know, I'm I'm kind of minded that I might I might put off enough money and deliberately just one. <laughs> I'm, only, <laughs> I'm only sponsoring eyebrows. Yeah. Brilliant. If he's listening to this, he will be breaking it right now. <laughs> Love you, Salvin. Okay, um, so moving on to the content from Frontier, we've had a, another newsletter. Uh, and I think the main thing to pick up out of this, um, because I think a lot of what it covers in the newsletter is what we've seen from that planetary video and Michael's dev update. Uh, but the thing that is uh, of note, the Frontier are holding another live stream tomorrow at 7pm BST. Uh, and they are going to be showing off driving the SRV much more. So that's pretty good. Mm, we're certainly looking forward to that. Yeah. Yes, and, and uh, Dukes of Hazard music should be put on standby for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so, cool. Are we all going to watch that and then fire up a game of Pulsar, seeing as everyone's been not playing Pulsar now for this Horizon stuff and uh, smuggling missions and community goals has really know, significantly sorry. impacted the adventures of the HMS Cumberland Sausage. Um, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what Lave Radio, what, what we called um, the, our ship? 
Well, as long as it's not HMS Cumbernauld, I thought you were going to call it. <laughs> I know Fuzzle was complaining because my ship wasn't called the Orange Sidewinder. To which I said, it's my ship, bugger off. What can I think? I still want the SS Saucy Mrs. Trustpot, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd definitely be up for, for streaming some Pulsar because, uh, yeah, I, I, I grabbed it just before wearing on holiday and we had that one awesome session and then I haven't had a chance to play it since. So, uh, And that'd be handy for me, actually, because I think we've got um, Chaos Champs just slightly on hold until Chaos Reborn is officially released because um, we've been struggling to kind of get players from among the sort of beta pool. Uh, so hoping that with a full release we'll get a, a whole keen community who want to come and compete. So, Have yeah. you guys seen the behind the music video that Erasmus did as well? That is that, that, is, that, that is in newsletter. 95? That was mentioned in newsletter ninety five. Yes, I haven't had a chance to watch it. Is it good? It's a really nice video. Um, obviously, lots and lots of nice audio. Not a lot of information in it in terms of new information just that erasmus is so passionate about it erasmus is so professional and loves the game he made over two hours worth of music which i think we know Mm. and it's i mean but it was really nice being able to just listen to him talking about his passion for the music um one thing which i did think was really interesting is rather than making set pieces like with all the layers of the game, because it's procedurally generated, he's basically weaving in individual little themes, I guess you could say, to basically make your own soundtrack, which I thought was... It makes perfect sense, and I agree that, you know, you basically... Yeah. It's your story, it's your soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And, uh, and it's interesting, I'll have to, again, I'll have to check out this video at some point, because it does look like, because obviously the first time we heard Erasmus's music was in that capital ship Damocles video. Damocles yeah. video, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it looks like he gives a good talking about the sort of process of that. So that does look like a really interesting video. Do go and check that out. Um, if you want to go straight to it, just head to YouTube and Google Elite Dangerous Behind the Music, and you should find it. Um, do we, what do you want to do, guys? Do you want to go to main discussion, or shall I take over and talk about my stuff? Uh, okay, Quiet, quietness means I'm going to take over and talk about my stuff. Okay. Um, so, Chris, do you have any in- interesting and exciting news for us? Anything escaping out of you? Anything escaping out of me? I, I'm going to That's extreme velocity. Yes, I mean, I've, uh, I, I keep sort of saying that, um, uh, you know, I haven't had time to read this, I haven't had time to listen to that, I haven't had time to watch that. I've been, I've been sort of working a little bit flat out since coming back from holiday to get a couple of things sorted. Um, for those of you who are listening, I am going to talk about Escape Velocity. Um, but in order to do that thing that they do on TV, where they say later in the show, I'm going to talk about something else first, um, in, in strict order... I'm going to talk about Chaos Reborn. Uh, I know that a number of our listeners enjoy Chaos Reborn. We've sold a lot of people onto the game, particularly at events like LaveCon, um, where we had a, you know, a um, a, a tournament. Uh, Chaos Reborn is officially being released on Monday, the 26th of October. Uh, I think it's a great game for people who are fans of Elite, particularly who are fans of Elite from a long time ago, because interestingly enough, the original Chaos came out on the Spectrum the same year as Elite. Um, 
Now, I, as, as some of you may know, uh, I've got an agreement basically to produce a number of audio dramas based on Chaos Reborn. So this is expanding the fiction into audio dramas. Obviously, Alan is still writing the the official kind of novels that go with the game, uh, and he's also been releasing a number of short stories onto the Chaos forums uh, to give people some background to the game and the lore. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to be producing uh, some full-cast audio dramas. We're looking at one-hour-long sort of adventures uh, set in that world, kind of exploring all the little nooks and crannies uh, and corners of that game world. So anyone who's listened to Escape Velocity and who has uh, kind of heard what we've done with that in terms of taking the gameplay experience, obviously at the time with Escape Velocity, taking the gameplay experience from Frontier and kind of expanding it into a storyline and a serial with, with characters and their own plot. That's what we're going to be doing with Chaos Reborn. Um, so on the day of the game's release, 26th of October, we will also be launching our very first Kickstarter, because we haven't talked about Kickstarter for a long time, um, to get the audio drums funded. Uh, and I've actually had some good news today because I submitted my Kickstarter project to Kickstarter for approval and feedback. And it's come back today saying, yeah, that looks fine. Go ahead and launch when you want. So we are all uh, on track uh, on to release on the 26th of October. So I don't know, Grant, uh, if you are able... Do you know what, Grant? I didn't send you the link, did I? No, not yet. I was thinking you were going to send them as you wanted them played. I am good to go when you are. I'm going to... uh, So those of you who are listening to us on the radio, you will hear me talking. Those of you watching on Twitch, you are about to see the uh, video that I have spent the last little while producing and swearing at. Because as people will know me, because, you know, I do audio drama, um, I don't really do video. Um, and I'm always frustrated by how long it takes to do anything with video. So this is why I've been swearing at this bit of software today. But I think, you know, I've, I've produced something that I'm pretty happy with. So let me just bring up the uh, link here for Grant, and this should go out over the stream. Um, and the other thing I've been working on, because we're, you know, similar to, uh, I think you guys probably agree with me, that, that with Escape Velocity, what happened was we... Um, we had a lot of things... We had to come to a see who've heard drama before who listened to it because they were fans of Elite and liked the sound of the kind of... the fiction side of things. So maybe we were bringing people on board with Escape Velocity who, uh, who um, hadn't perhaps heard audio drama before. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair, yeah. yeah. So um, what we've done with the Kickstarter for... Um, Chaos Reborn is I've actually put together a little audio drama uh, which is going to go out with the Kickstarter completely free. It's just a little short sort of five or six minute scene and it's just to give a taster uh, of the kind of Chaos Reborn fiction we're looking at and give people a bit of an introduction to it. So we'll play out this uh, video here and then at some point we'll we'll pop in the uh, the little scene for people to listen to. Are you going to give so, me the link? I'm going to give you the link. Sorry, I'm, I'm sort of uh, vamping here. Um... And I've also got the wrong chat window open. There we go. Go and grab that. 
so yeah, this is the this is going to be the video on the front end of the the Kickstarter. Um, I hope that as many of you that this is exciting for as possible will come and support us on day one. Uh, it's been impressed upon me, you know, just how important it is to get as much backing as possible on day one. You know, and I really hope that that for people who uh, have enjoyed Escape Velocity and have enjoyed the Elite. Uh, audiobooks that we produced for um i say we this is this is me uh for fantastic books um you know if you like the stuff we do if you like audio drama and you like the kind of game fiction that we've produced with those audiobooks and with escape velocity do come along to the kickstarter when it launches on on monday uh, i'll be sharing links around uh, and do come and support us on that um, and if you want to, I don't know, in terms of who's listening, uh, if you follow Lave Radio on Twitter, if you follow the Radio Theatre Workshop on Twitter, if you follow me, you know, Radio Theatre Workshop or Commander Thane, well, maybe not Commander Thane, Radio Theatre Workshop on Facebook, um, the links for the Kickstarter will be going out on those, those streams on Monday when it goes live. Um, so, you know, do please get on board uh, and support us if you can. And even if you can't support the Kickstarter... Um, by kind of backing it, if you know, if you don't feel you can make to do that, um, you know, it's just as valuable to get the word out there. If you, you know, if you share the link to the Chaos Reborn Kickstarter, and because you've shared it, five other people come along and back it, that's been massively helpful. So, you know, please do, please do support it in any way that you can. Uh, and obviously, I'll be giving you guys updates uh, throughout the course of it. So, Grant, are we ready to go with the, the video? Yeah, um, this might work or it might not work because okay. if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I got locked out of everything. Uh, I, I have got locked out of everything again. However, when I click on play, although it doesn't show me the video, I've got no idea if it's going out over Twitch. So <laughs> I can't even go to the Twitch page to see if it is, but I'm hoping it's going to be fine. So, um, yeah, we can give it a go now. Do let us know in the chat. Go for it. There we go. Hi, I'm Christopher Jarvis. Three years ago I made a choice to do what I love, and that's making audio drama. I produced two seasons of the science fiction series Escape Velocity, and had a fantastic opportunity to work on the official Elite Dangerous audiobooks. I love stories. I love making them come to life as people listen to them. Fantasy gives people the chance to escape into magic and adventure. This is my next project. Chaos Reborn, full cast audio set in an incredible world of wizards and creatures and written by Julian Gollop, the 80s game design legend behind the XCOM games, Rebel Star, Laser Squad and Ghost Recon Shadow Wars. I've been playing Julian's games from a young age. The combination of a, a rich setting and background made them a space that, where I could imagine my own stories. There's so much room for adventure and character within these worlds, they just need a chance to emerge. In collaboration with Snapshot Games and working with Alan Stroud, who is fleshing out the backstory and lore, we want to bring stories from Chaos Reborn to life. We're planning four one-hour episodes, four hours of new fantasy adventures with different locations, heroes, themes and characters. 
we have the setting we're writing the scripts we even have a studio what we don't have is a budget for actors That's where you come in. Our initial Kickstarter target will get the first episode recorded, edited and released. Once that target is reached, it gets really exciting. We're into stretch goals and we can make you episode after episode, cool box sets and loads of behind the scenes and fiction extras. In exchange for your support, we have exclusive rewards, things that can't be recreated. Signed scripts, cast photos, even my own personal copy of the script, covered in all the blood, sweat, tears, handwritten notes and coffee stains that usually end up on it. Now is a great time to get involved with Chaos Reborn. On top of that, you'll have helped us create these dramas in the best possible way, and for that you'll have our eternal gratitude. Every single backer will be credited in our Hall of Fame with our heartfelt thanks. Julian Gollop has also given us a number of game licenses which you can get as a reward alongside the audio dramas. You can explore the world of chaos for yourself and create your own adventures. Don't forget to tell us all about them. To hear an example of the kind of Chaos Reborn audio fiction we're planning to create, or if you're unfamiliar with the magic of audio drama, we've created a short scene. The link is in the description below. We hope you enjoy and decide to back our project, and we also hope you'll spread the word and help me realise this dream. Thank you for listening, and please join us. Okay, Uh, so that's the the video that's going out with the Kickstarter. Um, So, Grant, I assume I'm live. Yes, well, I, I, w- I wouldn't know. I can't see anything. Um, <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a Kickstarter video. Um, like I say, because I don't really do video, that took me a surprising amount of time <laughs> to put together. But hopefully it works for people. Um, and, yeah, just to kind of reiterate that, uh, I mean, and Chaos is a great game as well. So, I mean, I'm kind of here talking about my audio stuff. Um, but do support the game as well because it is excellent. Uh, and as I mentioned in the video... You know, we do have a number of game licenses which are there as kind of Kickstarter rewards in combination with the audio. So you can get like the uh, the audio drama and the game license together. Um, what that does, of course, mean is that you you won't get those until the Kickstarter's kind of finished and succeeded. Um, so if you're happy to wait and not play Chaos Reborn on day one, then those are good ones to go for. Uh, otherwise, do just get the game when it comes out on Monday. Um, and I think, I guess, really that's what I've got to say about Chaos Reborn at the moment. Is that, has anyone got any questions? Squee! Okay, when when nice. can I give you all my monies? <laughs> <laughs> you can. So, I mean, I've, I've been kind of trying to work out what all the rewards are. Um, and I think it's fair to say that the some of the pledge levels that will be available when the Kickstarter goes live on Monday is not going to be all I'm doing. Um, but what I kind of wanted to do was get the kickstarter going and then we'll add different things in so i've put in the kind of stuff that i that i kind of have under my control um 
and we're going to be adding a bunch of other stuff. It's just a case of whether I do... What I don't want to fall into is that trap of having a really complicated Kickstarter where no one can work out what, what they get at the various pledge levels they're at. Um, whereas what I'd like to do is to introduce some of the other stuff through kind of uh, add-ons. But it just means I need to figure out how to, how to manage it. Uh, I'm fairly confident, but, it, but it'll be there. So... Um, but we've got the kind of stuff that you would expect. So if you want the series on CD, you'll be able to get it on CD. We're going to do USB sticks, uh, hopefully. Um, I'm going to be doing signed cast photos. And when I say signed cast photos, what I mean is, while I've got the actors in the studio, we're going to take pictures of them, send someone to get them printed, and then we're going to get those photos signed by the cast while they're here. So these are actual signed photos of the recording session as it happens. So that's pretty, you know, I think that for, for, people that, for people that collect those sorts of things, I think that's pretty nice. Um, and again, one of the things I'm going to be doing for, for a fairly high backer um, is actually giving away my copy, of the, not giving it away, um, but the scripts, the scripts too. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what's happening with that. Um, and if anybody has any other kind of rewards they'd like to see, do suggest them and we'll look into it. Um, we're going to be doing some cool badges and stickers, uh, and there's going to be a whole load of digital rewards as well, things like photos from the day. Um, and, you know, we're looking at how to do the kind of booklets for it and stuff. So, so that's all there. Um, and it'll be good. Uh, Ben, you're asking if there'll be invitations to come and watch a recording. Um, my studio is not that big, um, so I don't know. Unless someone wants to give me loads and loads of money to come and to come and sit and watch it. Um, what I will say about the Kickstarter for for Chaos Reborn, um, because we're keen to get the series going, the initial funding for the Kickstarter is for the first episode. So it's quite a low Kickstarter target initially. What we want to do is obviously our first three stretch goals are going to be the remaining, you know, the rest of the, the episodes. Um, and what we'd really like to do is for people to push to get to those, those stretch goals. Because if we, if we produce one episode off the back of the Kickstarter, then obviously those, the, the Kickstarter rewards are that one first episode. Whereas what we'd really like to be able to do is get up into multiple episodes so that we can reward people with, you know, the whole series. Uh, rather than doing it piecemeal, um, so hopefully that's that's interesting for people. Um, and I've lost the chat page. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, any um, any questions? No. Okay. No, that's um, awesome. <laughs> I think the question on most people' mind is well, most people's mind is tell us about escape velocity. Is that fair? The chat outside of Life Station was basically calling you various nasty names about teasing us with Escape Velocity then talking about something else. <laughs> and then they went off and said, oh, this looks interesting. I think I'm, I'm sold now. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Escape Velocity. I will tell you where we are with Escape Velocity and I will tell you what needs to happen um, to make Escape Velocity to make Escape Velocity reappear. Um, so, as some people know, I have been trying to talk to Frontier for quite a long period of time uh, around what to do to kind of get funding to get Escape Velocity made. Um, because, as many of you will know, Escape Velocity was produced, uh, you know, by me, basically to kind of learn, in some respects, to kind of learn my trade in terms of audio drama. Um, but all the actors who've appeared in those, those 11 episodes of Escape Velocity none of them have ever been paid for what they did um i've 
to this day never received a penny for what I did for Escape Velocity. Um, and really, it's about because obviously Frontier have not necessarily been forthcoming about commercial licenses for things. Um, I was sort of in this this process where I sort of looked at the amount of time it would take me to produce a new series of Escape Velocity um, and I, I, I just personally for myself and my family couldn't justify working on a project which I couldn't even sort of distribute commercially. I mean I like distributing it as a free podcast um, and I have no intentions of changing Escape Velocity away from a product that people can, can download and listen to via Lave Radio you know, for free. Um, but there has to be a way of kind of paying for the time that that everybody puts into it uh, and also things like equipment and, and all those kinds of stuff um, so having been back, kind of back and forth with, with Frontier what I have learned about Escape Velocity is that I can raise funds to make it um, and my initial thought was Kickstarter but actually you know I've talked about this before on this show I would like Escape Velocity to be an ongoing science fiction serial and the thing with Kickstarter is it's very good at funding one-off projects um, but as I think I've gone on record before and said, is that if I had to use Kickstarter to do another series of Escape Velocity, I would fund one series of Escape Velocity and I would probably just kill all the characters <laughs> in the final episode, Blake Seven style, just so that I feel that a line is drawn under it. That's not what I want to do. I would like Escape Velocity to be an ongoing series uh, which continues to run for as long as people care about it and are interested about it um and the other thing i'd like to do with escape velocity is to bring it up to the current elite dangerous timeline so there's some exciting planning going on with that um so i've teased a bit of a date uh, about escape velocity um i've actually i have to confess got this date slightly wrong because as soon as i put out the posters saying that we were going to do something escape velocity related on the 7th of october uh, someone came back to me and said, aren't you meant to be at a party on the 7th of October? Uh, and I realised, yes, I am meant to be at a party on the 7th of October. Um, so what is happening is we are going to be using Patreon to fund uh, a new series of Escape Velocity. Uh, I've had a look at the numbers and we've worked out a kind of absolutely bare bones um, budget for it. Um, and basically what Patreon allows people to do is basically fund the series through donations sorry someone's just said to me that's in the past i'm sorry i'm talking about november yes it's the 20th of october now i do apologize i'm talking about november um what patreon allows people to do is to fund creatives through uh for for each thing that they create so for the sake of argument you can go onto patreon and you can say i'm going to fund you three dollars Unfortunately, the whole thing's in dollars. Uh, I'm going to fund you $3 per episode of Escape Velocity. So then what happens is, uh, each time that I've got an episode, a new episode of Escape Velocity to release, I would then kind of say, right, I'm releasing an episode, and everyone who's pledged to support the series, money would be taken at that point. Although I think it's done, it's done at month end. But basically, Patreon is a way that... Um, if people want to see Escape Velocity come back, they can pledge to support the series. And if we get to a level of commitment from people where we can start making it, then we will go ahead and make it. Um, and what I've actually done is, because of the way that I need to get the actors in to record for Escape Velocity, it's not very efficient to get people in to record one episode at a time. So I've basically looked at the cost for producing Escape Velocity three episodes at a time, and I've actually kind of divided it up um, 
sort of so it's on a per episode thing so so for you know if people want to get their tiny violins out basically on the first of the three episodes i will be losing out horribly but all my actors will get paid <laughs> and then actually for the kind of second and third episode in the run it will actually go some way to co- compensate my working time um so uh the 7th of november is when we are going to be putting out marketing uh, and information for the patreon link to go live so on the 7th of november that page will go live and you can go and sign up for it um and if we can get to you know the required milestone level then then it will happen it will start and and then it will be there um and what I'm going to do on the 8th of November, this is my little bit of rescheduling, uh, I'm going to be doing a 12-hour Twitch stream to kind of encourage people to sign up and to do some other Escape Velocity-related things. So on the 8th of November, from 12 midday till 12 midnight, um, GMT will be on by then. Um, I'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff on Twitch, so do come and join. Uh, uh, I'll be doing this through the Lave Radio Twitch page. Um do come and join in. So the things I'll be doing during that Twitch stream, uh, I will be having actors from Escape Velocity joining me as guests. So there'll be an opportunity to kind of give, you know, have questions with them or talk to them. Uh, And some of them will be coming on throughout the day. Uh, I'm also planning to head into Elite Dangerous uh, and I'm going to be doing a guided tour of all the locations from Escape Velocity Series 1 and 2. Now this is going to be an interesting experiment because I've not personally flown this route before. Um, and all of the locations in Escape Velocity were based on Frontier's map. <laughs> so Frontier Elite 2, that was what I used to sort of scout out the locations for the series. So it's going to be very interesting to kind of fly around from some of the locations mentioned in Series 1 and 2 and basically chart the journey of Commander Thane and his crew um, as they as they travel around. Now, some of those might be really easy journeys. Some of them might be ridiculously long hauls uh, as, you know, Frontier have kind of moved systems around. Um, but hopefully that will be um, interesting to people. I know that I've had people ask me to do it in the past. Um, what else are we going to be doing? I don't know, because I need to talk to people <laughs> and see what other content they want to um, include for the, for the show. But... Uh, uh, if anybody has any suggestions of things they would like me to do during that 12-hour stream, I'm certainly prepared to take them on board. Um, but I'm planning to fill it with lots of interesting content. The other thing that I'm going to do, because this Twitch stream is all about raising money to get Escape Velocity back in your ears, um, apart from one, which I've already given away on one of Dave Hughes's um, uh charity streams that he did um i have an almost complete set of director scripts for the first 10 episodes of escape velocity so for people who are interested in collectible things um what i'm going to be doing throughout that twitch stream is kind of auctioning off uh those different scripts um partly because it's interesting to have content for the twitch stream and partly because um setting up rewards for kind of one-off things via Patreon is actually a lot harder <laughs> than you would think. Um, but what I'm really hoping, you know, the, the ideal thing for me would actually be that we hit our first funding milestone 
from kind of auctioning off those scripts throughout the, the day of the Twitch stream. Um, and then Patreon can be used to kind of fund the, the, the rest of the series. Um, but I do hope you'll join me for the Twitch stream, partly because I don't want to be talking uh, on a Twitch stream for 12 hours entirely on my own. Um, and also because, you know, I'd really like to see Escape Velocity come back. Um, and I've spoken to the cast and pretty much all of them are, are happy to come back. Um, there's, there's one that's missing, but I'm not sure if they actually check their facebook messages so i might have to actually phone him uh, and find out if he wants to come back um and yeah it would just be you know i'd like to see escape velocity come back and people talk to me quite regularly about saying you know hey when are you guys going to do more escape velocity so this patreon funding is at least partly about putting escape velocity out there and saying well look people would like to see it come back you know are they are they kind of willing to fund it coming back um and what I'd really like to see, I mean, you know, the ideal thing, because I, I, I don't know, I don't like asking people for money. What I'd really like to see is like 300 people all give me a pound rather than 20 people all give me hundreds of pounds. Um, so the more people, the more people that fund it, the better. And similarly on Patreon. So this is one of the other things I wanted to, to clarify. Um, what I've I have been told from Frontier is obviously... Escape Velocity isn't a commercial product, so I can't sell CDs of Escape Velocity. Um, so Escape Velocity will continue to be a free podcast. Uh, but what we are offering for the Patreon supporters is we will be giving uh, private links to a high-quality download of the series. So the podcast will go out at, you know, 128K, uh, as is pretty standard for the podcast. Um, but we will be doing some uncompressed sort of 320k downloads for people that back the series via Patreon. And the other thing we'll be doing is we can provide CDs as rewards. So these CDs, in some respects, this makes them, them even more worthwhile because we won't ever be able to <laughs> sell these CDs um, and, and unless we get a different kind of arrangement from Frontier. Um, so the way it's going to work is because Patreon is works on funding per episode but it's not necessarily very efficient to send out a cd with only kind of 30 minutes of content on it for everybody who wants a cd there are pledge levels on patreon where basically every other episode you will get a cd with those two episodes on it uh, and we're also going to fill the remaining runtime on the cd with behind the scenes interviews with the actors kind of making of stuff uh, and just, you know, anything else that we think would be interesting to have as kind of extras, those will be completely exclusive to the, to the Patreon backers. So you can think of Patreon as something, you know, it's quite similar to, to Kickstarter, but it's ongoing. Um, and there are going to be other higher level pledges for people who are really keen <laughs> uh, and who, you know, who fund every episode to frankly above and beyond um there's going to be some really excellent things for people to have um and uh we want to include things like uh someone suggested a blooper reel this is not a bad idea um we do, we do have plenty of those um one of the things that i would really like to be able to do is to open up escape velocity for other people to kind of suggest content for it now, it's quite a difficult thing because Escape Velocity is obviously an ongoing story, so there's going to need to be a lot of caveats, but I would love people to be able to suggest character names or even entire characters or even come up with a plot for an episode. Um, so, uh, sorry, I may ask a question. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, that's, you know, that's where we are with Escape Velocity. So there is an excellent chance for Escape Velocity to come back. There is a way that you guys can get involved in bringing Escape Velocity back. Um, and, you know, I'd really like to, uh, I'd really like to see that happen. Um, so, you know, uh, so I say 8th of November, late radio Twitch stream. I will be there for 12 hours, la- probably largely playing Elite Dangerous. Uh, there'll probably be some other things happening uh, at another time. One of the things I'd like to work out is actually if I can um, get some of the Escape Velocity cast to actually come and play an Escape Velocity-themed game of Dave Hughes's Elite RPG and whether I can move the cameras around to a space outside the studio uh, in order to kind of film that RPG session. That's... That's um, I'm getting squeezed from Ben. Um, that's something I would really like to do. I, I genuinely don't know if it's possible. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what's happening. So I hope some people are excited about that. Um, I'm excited about the possibility of an escape velocity coming back and getting to continue that story that we started. Um, and, it will, and, you know, escape velocity will continue to be uh, the unofficial fan series that it is, um, which has, you know, pluses and minuses, I guess. Um... Does anyone have any questions? Big question is, does this mean that Commander Thane will be stepping out of his Merlin? It, well, yeah, I don't want to kind of spoil or anything, but at some... Fair enough. <laughs> you know, there is, for those of you who don't know, uh, Escape Velocity is currently set in 2245. The current Elite Dangerous universe is 3300. Um, so there are going to be, you know, if we want to bring Escape Velocity up to date, um, there's, there's, you know, there's going to be plot. And also, if we want to bring it, because one of the things I'd really like to do is make Escape Velocity in keeping with the way the game currently plays. Uh, and sadly, there is uh, no Merlin in the current version of Elite. So at some point, Commander Thane is going to have to trade up or trade down, depending on how you look at it. So, uh, yeah. Now, there will, I, sh- I should offer, at some point, I will think about prizes. Um, but I have, there are two places, I probably shouldn't admit to this, <laughs> get, get ready on the edit button, Grant. There are two places in the current canon Elite Dangerous Fiction where you can find clues about Escape Velocity. They were put in a long time ago when I was feeling very confident <laughs> about getting an official license for Escape Velocity. Uh, and I will be really interested to know if anybody has picked up on them or spotted them. Oh, one of, them, oh, one of oh, them, one of them, if they pick up on them, will be a massive spoiler. <laughs> um, but I think it's quite, it's quite, it's quite a vague reference. Um, the other one is a little bit more obvious if if you've been kind of paying attention. So uh, if anybody has um, come across those, uh, do email in to uh, info at laveradio.com or info at radiotheatreworkshop.com uh, and let me know if you think you've spotted one or other of those. Um, and if people get it right, we will do a bit of a random draw and maybe someone will win something cool. Chris? Yes? How, how do you sleep at night surrounded by all that awesome? With <laughs> <laughs> which particular awesome? All of it you've got. You've got audio dramas for chaos. You've got Escape Velocity coming back. And then, you know, you've got it's, a 12-hour stream. It's going to be amazing. How do you possibly sleep? 
I, yeah, I know, it, 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 with, with difficulty. I have to say it's been weird because for the last, basically ever since finishing the uh, Official Elite audiobooks, this is what I've been thinking about and working on. Uh, so, in fact, you know, to, to give a little bit of insider, insider knowledge, the, the agreement about the Chaos Reborn... Jarvis, are you still there? Yeah, I think we lost Jarvis. I was, I was going to say, I can't see. Too much awesome. Yeah, that's it. That's the, that's yeah. the effects of an overdose <laughs> of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, far too much awesome, and he just had to self-centre himself before he let anything out of the bag. So, I guess we know what we're doing on the 8th of November, then. Well, yeah. 12 hours. Um, I'm no longer swing that one past the wife. Well, uh, uh, at least he didn't. At least it's 12 hours, not 24. <laughs> that's this. That's mm-hmm. one small mercy. And of course, we'll get the links for the Kickstarter and his. Was it Patreon? Patreon. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, welcome back. back, Jarvis. Sorry, Skype just had a hissy fit on me. Yeah. Too much awesome. You overloaded it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so basically, you know, since finishing the, the, the official Elite audiobooks, this is what I've been thinking about and working on. Um, and it's, you know, it's really exciting to be actually able to kind of talk to people with some definite sense of this is what we can do and then this is the kind of future to go ahead with it. So, and, But I agree with you, Grant. It is, as sometimes it does amaze me that if I think about where I was when we started doing the Lave Radio podcast and I think someone asked me what I'd like to do, the point I'm at kind of now... Is, is is what I wanted to be doing, which is which is producing these dramas. Um, the, I think the only thing for me that's a little bit bittersweet about it is I'm going to be completely honest here, and you can get your tiny violins out. I, I hate Kickstarters. I I, I, <laughs> I really really dislike being on the receiving end of a kind of Kickstarter campaign because that whole process of watching the kind of the, the, the backers come in and watching you creep towards the target and not being sure about if you're ever going to kind of get there. Some people find that really uplifting. I know that Alan really likes it. I personally find it massively heartbreaking until you actually get to the point where you've hit that target and you kind of know your project is going to go ahead. So on the one hand, yes, I do feel that I'm surrounded by awesome. Um, but in another hand, I feel like I've got a long emotional journey to kind of see these two projects hit their targets I think I mean, yeah. obviously you know we don't know what your, your Kickstarter goal is about did you, did you mention your, your total that you're aiming for what for Chaos Reborn yes it's basically 2,500 per episode so if we get to 2,500 that will fund the first uh, episode um, and every kind of it's not quite 2,500 per I think every 2,000 pounds on top of that kind of gains us another another episode so um in some respect the ideal target is around the kind of nine thousand pound mark to get all four made um but the thing that's the, the thing that's slightly awkward with the chaos reborn kickstarter is i have loads of really cool rewards lined up that only make sense if we're making more than one episode so there's no point giving people the pledge levels for box sets if we're only going to produce one so you know there's there's lots of stuff that will kick into high gear on the kickstarter once we hit that initial target and that's that's my kind of big focus up front is to say look i want to i want to hit that first episode as soon as we possibly can um and then you'll see loads of really cool pledge levels open up 
It sounds, it sounds like a, very, a fairly reasonable goal as well. Certainly if you put it in comparison to the uh, Strangeness in Space who are wanting £7,000 <laughs> an episode, it's a bargain. Now, do you have any particular voice talents in mind? Uh, I don't. Um, and I think it's because, you know, we want. I wanted to see... There's really no point speculating because we don't know who's available. We don't know who we can afford. Um, so I think when, you know, I've, I've based the numbers on getting actors in on some... I've, I've done a variety of research with both equity, with some voice agents. I even had a conversation with the amazing Dirk Maggs, who anybody who loves audio drama should know the name Dirk Maggs. Mm. Um, and I had some email conversations with him and some advice about kind of, you know, working with agents and professional actors. So we've kind of tried to put together some sensible numbers um, for getting in, you know, some some professional talent as well as obviously, you know, using people on, on the way that I've kind of previously used them. Um, I will say that the... the um, hopefully we'll play this out at some point before the end of the show... Um, but I've recently recorded the vocal intro for Chaos Reborn the game, um, which has gone out today as a trailer for the game. So you can listen to the Chaos... You can go and watch the video uh, of the, the, the Chaos Reborn video. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stick it on Twitch towards the end. Um, and, and I think, you know, I really like the guy that came and recorded that intro, and I think it would be really nice continuity with the voice work that we've recorded for the game if we could get him back to do a similar character... Than as being the person who kind of introduces the game, so that's someone I'd like to. That's someone I'd like to bring back, um, you know, if we can. Um, but other than that, well, you know, what I would like to do with the Kickstarter is once we know that at least episode one is definitely funded, I will be getting on the phone to agents and I will be booking in talent to record as soon as possible. Um, uh, and, and at that point, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hold off. We will announce if I've got actors booked in. I'll announce the booking and people will know who, you know, who we've got. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I mean, there's, there's no point in me saying any names right now because, um, well, it, you know, it might not come to anything. Um, awesome. And unfor- unfortunately, in the last year, at least two of the people that I'd have really liked to have worked with have passed away. Um, so that's been kind of bittersweet for me because it's like, well, actually... I, you know, there's people I would have really liked to have worked with, uh, and now I'm not going to get the chance. So that's that's always a shame. But um, well, I've got to just say, hats off to you for for all this. I mean, I know that uh, I did a couple of audio chapters for my attempt at a at a, a, a story, and the amount of work that you had to put in in order to get something decent. It just astounded me. So, yeah, um, best wishes for it. I think. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, it is surprisingly. It is surprising how much work does have to go into it, um, and that's even on the basis that actually audio drama is is is, is an order of magnitude easier than doing film, um, just because you know, like like I've mentioned about the Kickstarter video, um, the whole process of kind of putting video together is that much more complicated. But actually, even with audio drama, you know, there is there is an awful lot to do. And even with a single reader, uh, there is still a surprising amount of work that he's doing. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot, but... Um uh, I've just lost the... Uh, sorry, I've had to reboot the Lave Radio chat, so apologies if there are any questions in there. Uh, does anybody have any more questions about Escape Velocity? 
Ben's just asked me something. No, he's 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 just. Ah, it's fine. Um, so yeah, so again, just to reiterate, so eighth of eighth of November, twelve midday till twelve midnight um, on GMT and on the Live Radio Channel, we'll be doing that. Um, and I, you know, and I do hope that I kind of like I say, it will be a massive disappointment if actually. The, the people that I've heard from who want more Slave Losty are the only people who want it back because um, that won't be technically enough people to actually to get off the ground but uh, you know hopefully people like it and um, if you if people haven't heard Escape Velocity so far you can go to laveradio.com or, or go to radiotheatreworkshop.com there's links there to Escape Velocity all the previous 11 episodes that we did are up there for download um, and what I will say you know um the Escape Velocity was originally there as me kind of learning my craft. If you listen to episode one and it feels a little bit rough in places, do stick with it because it gets better very quickly. Um, and I think, and I'm, you know, I'm not very good at blowing my own trumpet in a lot of instances, um, but I think series two of Escape Velocity is, is really good. Um, and I'm hoping that we can actually improve on it and make it even better. That would be important. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> So I've kind of taken over the entire last sort of quarter of the show. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth. Is it worth? Let, let, let's not talk about the main discussion because the main discussion is quite an interesting thing, and we can save it for another week. Um, whereas we've got questions. We have questions from listeners that we haven't covered. Uh, so Commander Bale Tech, um, we had a question about leading or trailing targeting in CQC. Um, that seems to have been disabled. Now, we were hoping to get an answer from Frontier about this issue, um, but unless one of you guys can correct me, I don't think we've had an answer. We've had Ed saying he'll have a quick look into it. Um, I've had a quick look myself, and in the right-hand panel, the functions is obviously disabled, and that's how you normally turn on or off. That's how you normally change your targeting mode. Okay. But what I can't confirm, and I was hoping somebody might be able to do this for us, but nobody has, um, and I can't at the moment, is you can, in your options, you can go and set what kind of targeting mode you have. What I don't know is, does CQC actually honour that? I would be surprised if it didn't. It seems kind of crazy to say, I want trailing targeting, and then for CQC to give you leading targeting, whereas the main game gives you trailing. And if it does, that's a major bug, in my opinion, and needs to be fixed. But I don't know that one with the one with the other. And I'm echoing back to myself now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Fair enough. I, I do think it makes perfect sense that the functions menu is disabled, because it's just adding in too much stuff that you don't really care about when you're you're fighting and doing CQC things. No, you need that as streamlined as possible. Exactly. Okie dokie. Um, we've got in terms of... Uh, we did, apologies, at the, at the top of the show we didn't actually announce whether or not we were going to be outside Lave Station uh, in any version of the game. Um, but we have been sent to our Lave Radio page a picture uh, looks like there are some commanders hanging around outside Lave Station. There's they've, a bunch of us, yes. Yes? Oh, you're there, are you? I am there. Oh, okay. Uh, so it looks like they created a stack of ships pointing <laughs> towards the station, um, which you can see on our Facebook page, which is obviously facebook.com forward slash lave radio. Um, do we have any questions in on the Twitter? 
I did get people asking if we had any information about the Xbox One, and although we love the, the Xbox One, I don't think I've actually heard any information about it. Was that about the information about whether or not Horizons is coming to Xbox One? I think it was just generic Xbox One, any information. Because unlike the Mac, apparently the Xbox One does support those shaders that they're on about, so the chances are uh, it's looking more chance for the Xbox One than there is uh, than the Mac. Yeah. And I, I, I personally suspect Frontier will hopefully find a way, even if it's a bit sluggish, but we, we shall see. Excellent. Did we... I still haven't heard the last half of last week's show. Had the alien artefact been solved? Yes. Yes, yes Did you talk about it last week? Yes, we did. yes, we did. Okay, brilliant. Uh, that's fine then. That was one of the questions we had. Um, so, uh, Commander D. Benedict on Twitter, uh, if you listen to last week's show, which is now up, episode 82, you can hear them discussing the bizarre alien artifact. And if anybody else would like to know about the alien artifact and how it was solved, do check out episode 82 of Lave Radio. Um, we did have a notification about something to do with the fuel rats. Are the fuel rats now an in game group? I don't know if they're in-game, but the Fuel Rats have done 3,000 rescues now. Wow. Which Good I think is amazing. It was, quite, it was only recently that they did Fuel Rat 2,000. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All that I can say is that's a lot of careless commanders out there. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be honest, I mean, it's, it's not even... I mean, 3,000... Including a, Foz, actually. <laughs> 3,000 days, right, yeah, Foz live on air, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not the 3,000 that's impressive, it's the distances that they've gone to. I mean, they helped us in the Hutton Rug convoy to bring the mugs to Maple, or Cricket, was it Maple? Maple? I can't remember the Maple, well, anyway, the destination station we did, and actually were involved in being taken out by pirates. They were interdicted and forced to refuel pirates. I mean, these guys <laughs> are crazy creating a really interesting niche gameplay where they are essentially the elite dangerous AA and uh, it's awesome amazing can't praise them enough they are fantastic guys oh awesome. so sorry. All. yeah sorry I was muted um, I'm actually going to look up uh, a friend of mine who I've done a bit of before I got involved in the um, community goals uh, I was in fact before we even had power play uh, I was helping a friend out with some local trouble they had um, down in a system called Kokijo uh, it's based around the Fragland planet and they have a, uh, a player group uh, the Phoenix group uh, which they said was going live in 1.4 and they're recruiting so uh, if if people want to join a player group and and I can certainly vouch for these as being very friendly guys um, if you head to www.tpg.space that is the website for the Phoenix group uh, and they are they are actively recruiting uh, and they are very keen I probably shouldn't say this Never mind. They're very keen to kick the feds out of their system um, because they want it to be independent. So they are regularly pushing that system to civil war in order to get combat areas, in order to try and win more control for Harry Moore and co. So do go and join in. Uh, ben. All right, well, we've just found out that Ed Lewis is actually listening live. So hi, Ed. Hello, Ed. And has actually just responded to us on Facebook saying, he did ask about this, no solid answer though, and that's why he doesn't get back to us. Sorry. That's fair. So, fair enough. Uh, that was obviously about the CQC thing. 
That's just typical Ed, always pointing the finger of blame somewhere else. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to see me this weekend. I'm going to end up with a kick in the... Probably the nads because he can't reach any higher. <laughs> You're not going, are you? I'm, you can tell going, you're no. not going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to get two out. kicks in the nads I, now, one to pass on. <laughs> yeah, I am gutted. I'm not, I'm not able to make it up to Hull. Yeah, I, I also have a wedding this weekend. So, um, my only wedding of this year. And it's the same weekend as Fantasticon. Does your wife know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, this is, I'm taking on a second wife. Uh, to you know, spread some of the uh, some of the awesome. Some Will you be getting his and her leathermans? <laughs> that was bizarre, Ben. That was bizarre. So I went. Uh, we went on holiday, and we were in a caravan. And I was kind of, you know, complaining on Twitter, Twitter about the fact that this caravan didn't have either oven gloves or a decent fruit peeler. And Ben came on Twitter and said, why don't you just get a Leatherman? And I was imagining this bizarre Leatherman, which has oven gloves and a peeler on it. Is that even a thing? Oh, it probably is. <laughs> Not that I've ever seen, but anyway. <laughs> it's very odd, but he was suggesting that we should get his and hers Leathermans, and I was saying that despite the fact that we are married and we live together and we have a baby, I don't think I'm ready for the commitment of his and hers Leathermans. But anyway... That's like uh, his and her matching shell suits, really, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. In other news, then, on Lave Radio, we have had a certain amount of feedback, very positive feedback, about Alan and uh, Atanovac's special episode about Star Citizen. Um, now, as people will know, given that I've spent a lot of this evening talking about Chaos Reborn, um, you know, we do like on this show to talk about, to, you know, to talk about other games, and particularly other space games. Um, and obviously, Star Citizen has been very much in the press recently controversially and there's been a lot of stuff said here and there but we've had some excellent feedback about that live radio special on star citizen uh, if you are interested in star citizen and you would like to hear uh, a kind of think balanced discussion about it because it's not you know it's not a it's not a fanboy podcast um but at the same time it is not completely damning either i think you know what we've, what we've what alan's tried to do with that podcast is criticism where criticism is due and to actually look at it without some of the emotion that quite often gets attached to these projects so do go and listen to that um and actually based on some of the feedback we have i think you know there are we have had comments that there are there are a number of space games that are kind of emerging over the next couple of years um and i think we would like to you know we would like to cover more of it um we are primarily an elite dangerous show but we are not only an elite dangerous show i think that's fair yeah i uh, think also with with alan's um star citizen podcast it, the, the little the particular special it's a, a really good intro if you have no idea what star citizen's about as well they do take some time to talk about it how it started and what it's promising to be and yeah they really go through it and it's a it's a nice kind of way to get an introduction to star citizen if you are a complete outsider and they do touch on the sort of recent newscasts and and, and critical on other sides and things it's really quite a, a balanced thing as chris said but not necessarily just all about the controversy at all it's actually the all about Star Citizen, so it's a quite a yeah. good sort of piece in its own right. Absolutely, absolutely, and I and I, I confess to being one of those people who, I think, when it was when Star Citizen was a Kickstarter, I understood what it was about, and now I, I have absolutely no idea <laughs> what it's about. I was expecting a sort of multiplayer spiritual successor to Wing Commander, and now I have no idea what it is. 
Yeah, that's that's originally what everybody else thought yeah. as well. Yeah, then, mm. I think I think the thing I thought was was Star Citizen is actually Squadron Forty Two with first person elements, um, but it's actually obviously a lot more than that. Um, but anyway, we are we are coming up to the end of the show. Um, I think we are going to are we are we going to do shout outs or are we are we no longer doing shout outs? Well, um, normally we we just. Uh, do uh, a quick hello to the guys that met us in the game uh, now, because there's that many people in the Twitch in the chat room that we we end up spending ten minutes around yelling at people's names. It so is, if, 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 yeah, if you, if you are in our Twitch chat room or our Live Radio chat room, um, we absolutely love you and thank you very much for being there. Um, but it is getting to the stage now where we can't just be reading out lists of names. Uh, but for those commanders who uh, have made the pilgrimage to Lave to join us outside our glorious station, Ben, take it away. All right, well, I've been having a lovely chat as per usual with all the commanders outside of Lave station, and in no particular order, and probably missing people who have been and gone and come and stayed and missed, we've got Commander Zombie Steve, Rapid Fire, Aziron, Bromber, Coldbolt, Dissington, Flynn Goes Noob, Icefire, Cover Me Porkins, Saltire, S. Griffin, Jif Lemon, Galen Shepherd, probably up Burr Bottom, Nick Nakius, and AGFB71. And it's been it's been good fun outside of Lave again with everybody flying around, landing on anacondas, and all that good stuff that you can only do in game. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, for those of you making the trip to Fantasticon, have a very safe journeys and have a great time. Uh, and we will catch you all on the flip side. Ben? We do have some late-breaking news that Lave uh, Elite, uh, Elite Dangerous 1.4.01 will be coming out tomorrow morning at 10am including CQC matchmaking improvements, improvements to the interdictions. There's going to be new, new mission templates. That could be exciting. Fix for multiple finds for the same illicit cargo in the same system. Thank Fix goodness! For <laughs> <laughs> uh, fix for the Federal Assault Ship and the Gunship Ranks. A speculative fix for mining hoppers and allocate, unallocated ore. I like that. Does that mean they don't know if it's going to work? <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. Yes. <laughs> Suck it and see. And on the Xbox One specific stuff, we've got some fix for the graphics set- settings. Kepler I fix for multiple discoveries. Don't know what that means. That means that the Kepler program has discovered new star data or exoplanets or something, uh, and Frontier are updating their database with real-life data. But why would that that be Xbox One specific? Maybe the Xbox One didn't get the last lot of changes. Mm. Uh, An upload app is now supported. They've updated the user guide. Non-supported language resources have been uh, removed. Uh, yeah, let's, let's not read the whole change log. Oh, there's only one more thing anyway. Uh, which is improvements to our package builder to reduce the update size. And that's it. Okay. Well, at the top of that list, certainly, there were some big things. I have to say, there were some things in there that seemed to me very big for a .01. Why is it .01 rather than .1? I mean, that feels like quite a big... It's 1.401, isn't it? We know, yeah, 1.01, 1. 1. 1, yes. .01. I mean, that suggests that they're leaving space for 99 patches between now and 1.5. 99 patches on the wall. 
It does have a speculative fix, and you know that might span ten or twenty. <laughs> Five minutes, all right. I was I was thinking of the song. I've got ninety nine patches, but a Merlin ain't one. Oh, <laughs> more is the crate. Awesome. Well, thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, I'm shaking while I actually look up the end. There we go. That's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you would like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. You can contact us on Facebook slash Lave Radio, and we are at Lave Radio on Twitter. Uh, From my point of view, also, please do have a look at Facebook forward slash the Radio uh, Radio Theatre Workshop, uh, and The Radio Theatre is what we are on Twitter. if you can join the Skype chat channel by adding Fozzle 101 to your Skype contacts, or you can join in with our TeamSpeak server uh, on laveradio.teamspeak3.com. Uh, we are here every night, every Tuesday at 8.30 British time. It is currently BST. In a couple of weeks, it'll be GMT, so do watch out for the changeover. Um, and uh, I think we said that, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, so thank you all f- to anyone who joined us in whatever form this evening. So until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like having an orange inserted. <laughs> I'm going to see the galaxy. Two seconds, I'll be right back.